This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Matt Chernoff from 680 The Fans, Chuck and Chernoff Show here. And I want to say thanks for listening to today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast apps. Chase Thomas went to Parkview in North Georgia. He's a local Atlanta kid, and he won't let the Luca versus Trey thing go. He interned with us back in the day, and you'll always remember him. Anyway, definitely go check out ChaseThomasPodcast.com, where you can find all of Chase's previous episodes, all of his articles, and do him a solid. Leave him a rating and review if you're an Apple Podcast listener. Reminder to listen to our show, Chuck and Chernoff, Monday through Friday, 3 to 7 on 680 The Fan, and subscribe to my podcast as well. Welcome to Atlanta, wherever you get your podcasts. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right. Hello, and welcome to a Tuesday evening edition of the full ride on the Chase Thomas podcast. My name is Chase Thomas, and that guy down there in Dacula, Georgia, Mister Matt Green. Matt, good evening, sir. How are you? Good evening, sir. And that's Dacula, all right? I don't want any of this Dacula garbage. That's a, that's a common misconception. Dacula. Uh, better get that name out of your mouth right there, right? You're a Dacula uh, Falcon. Yes, sir. Dacula Falcon. I'm a, I'm a North Carolina Bulldog always and forever. You know, that's 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 my heart right there. But uh, Not if your girlfriend has anything to say about it. Excuse me, fiance. She wants to be a season true. ticket holder. That's yeah, that's true. We uh, we walked by some some spirit wear in Kroger, and she was uh, she was trying to get me to buy some. I was like, we're already gonna spend enough money here. We don't need to. Uh, we need to be dropping money on Dekula spirit wear. Hey, man. we don't have any kids or anything yet. You know, you live once. A long way away. Oh, no kids yet. Oh, but kids are on the way. You want kids, man? You know, it's. Uh, I'm open to it. We'll uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Okay, interesting. When is the wedding? See, we don't even have a date at this point. We, uh, yeah, we, uh, we had it, we had it, uh, the original date we had, oh man, now I'm forgetting, now I'm forgetting the exact date. Wow. She's gonna, she's, I think it's December 8th. Okay. But, um, we'll she's gonna part out. But, uh, right. Matt knew exactly but, uh, when it was December 8th. It so was so right it was there. December 8th, 2018. I actually got in a real bad car accident, uh, in October, 2018. So I was in a neck brace for like six months. It was, uh, Jesus. it was kind of crazy. Yeah, it was, uh, it was kind of crazy, but, uh, neck so we had for six months, like all day. Yeah, dude, it was, uh, it was bad. I literally broke my neck. Like I broke a, I broke a bone like in my neck, like so it broke paralyzed. Yeah, saying someone you broke a broke your neck, that's what sounds like you're par- paralyzed, but no, my my odontoid process, that's what it's called at the very like top of my uh, mm. spine. Yeah, literally like kind of cracked. I was in a neck brace for like six months. Got a nice little scar to show for it. But Was uh, it your fault? What happened? What was the wreck? <laughs> are we are we trying to get into all that right now? I don't know if it's uh it was it was uh, it was a long thing, but uh Okay. I don't- to keep the keep the show on on the rails, <laughs> but yeah. So we we've had we had multiple ideas like oh we should do this, and then we're like, wow, that's super expensive. That uh, I don't know if we can do that. So we'll uh we'll we'll get married at some point. It's probably gonna be pretty low key, but now yes, yeah, so we've been engaged a little over two years now. I think you should just go to the courthouse. Just take care of it this weekend, Matt. That's honestly what we want to do, but I feel like there's there's so much like, oh, but I want to be there. You know, you can't have a wedding without your mom there. Her sister, it's like, I don't know. Her, her, well, we, what does uh, she want? Does just she, is do she our okay with thing. the courthouse wedding? Yeah, she, we're, we're both super low-key. So. Oh, then it's over. That's all that matters. If she's not going to be mad about it, nothing else matters. That's that's what I've said. Like, forget everybody else. This is, this is our thing, you know, but uh, we'll see. Wow. 
Yeah, I mean, what happens? It's gonna whatever we do, it's gonna be low key. Honestly, the the original wedding idea we had, we were going to Vegas, and it was okay. It was like twenty people. It was like pretty much all immediate family and like a couple friends. So it was like it was already being low key, but obviously going to Vegas. But um, interesting. Yeah, it was unfortunate. That would have been a. We have really cool invitations too that had like Vegas and like uh, dice and stuff on them. It was, it was cool. But destination wedding's the way to go if you want a small wedding because most people just can't afford or can't just get away and like take time off to go visit. Like the people who really yeah, exactly. really want to do it are going to do it, but very few will. Exactly. In Vegas, it's like, I feel like you should, if someone's going to come to your wedding, you know, you almost, you got to do something cool, make it worth their while. And I don't feel like most of my friends have been to Vegas. So it's like, I've been, me and, me and Tori went a couple of years ago, but, uh, it's, uh, it's a good time and it's a lot more affordable than, than you might think. Never been to Vegas. No. Oh man, you should. It's, uh, it's awesome. I think I'll pick back up cigarettes if I go to Vegas though. Like that's a big fear of mine. <laughs> is, is that? I, I mean, whatever, whatever works for you. But um, like, yeah, I'll be we, going through a lot of camel lights in Vegas. We actually drove to the Grand Canyon while we were there too. Drove, drove, saw the Hoover Dam. Oh, I got the, a hot take for you about the Grand Canyon. West Rim. Are you gonna hate on the Grand Canyon right now? <laughs> the Grand Canyon is literally like one of the coolest things I've ever seen in my entire life. And and the Grand Canyon is the, the dumbest Rim. shit on planet Earth. It's like the firework stuff. When you're an adult where I'm like, yeah, if you're a kid, you look out and you're like, wow, look at this big you pot bite of nothingness. Tongue, sir. <laughs> There's when? nothing interesting about it. I hate the whole Grand Canyon stuff. So you've been there. You've no. been there. See, that's what Never I'm saying. Never going to go. You can't explain it. It's just like, it's obviously uh, just a big hole in the ground. But disagree. It doesn't, it doesn't do Paris. it justice, no, man. It's supposedly... Awesome. Supposedly the South Rim, that's where like the the Grand Canyon National Park, that's the, apparently the good one. Like we were reading reviews or like the West Rim, but that was like three hours further from Vegas. So we went to the West Rim and people were like, oh, it's not even good. It's whatever. And we went and saw it. We were like, this is like the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. You're just like, you're speechless. It's just, it's really cool. I, I'm going to respectfully disagree, sir. The Grand Canyon is is well worth the hype. I say fill it up. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was from a TV show, I think. Someone saying to fill was up. Was it really? I, I've I've heard that somewhere. <laughs> fill that motherfucker up is what I say. Um, speaking of filling shit up, uh, how did you fill up your college football weekend this this weekend, Matt? Oh man, it was a uh, it was a fantastic weekend. It I, uh, I I I did the whole. I took it all in. I was. The whole day, I watched watched college game day. All I had a whole Saturday just watching college football, but um, I was uh, pretty proud of my 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 upset pick of the week, the Raging Cajuns. That was uh that was one of the more exciting games I watched. Uh, Did you see earlier in the day on game day when uh the Bear put Iowa State in the playoff and then they immediately lose the noon game at home? Oh to, uh, yeah, Louisiana. Not a great look. Not a great look, but yeah, it was it was just a weird game, uh, Saturday because you're watching all these games, and then usually your your team is going to play at some point, and you're just like, oh yeah, I guess I guess I still got a couple weeks to to wait for my team, but it was still I was uh, I was happy to have major college football back. It was a lot of fun. Um, we we have a lot of different games to get into, and there's a lot of overreaction Saturday stuff going on. I don't think you can overreact to Coastal Carolina just having their way with Kansas on the road. Like that is embarrassing, no matter how you slice it. Um, I am I'm very I'm very intrigued to know whether or not this was a turning point moment for Sims and Georgia Tech's program. Like clearly they have the right guy, and there was a an added. Um, I don't know how to explain this. An added shot to the back if you're a Florida State fan because Norvell could have had Sims at Florida State and released him, and then he committed to Tech, and now he just won his opening game at Florida State. Um, that was br- that was rough. Um, I watched this whole game. I rewatched a lot of a lot of it on uh, Sunday, and my takeaway was like Florida State didn't look bad. I think they're improving. I think there was a lot of stuff to like. And it reminded me of Tennessee losing at home to Georgia State where you're like, this is just 
this is just one of those embarrassing early season losses that they're going to get over like South Carolina going on the road and beating Georgia at home in week two or something like that during the Mark Rick there. There's just like some weird dumb losses. And obviously there was a huge uh, weather delay in this game, but I don't know. I didn't, I think two things can be true. One Florida state had played bad down the stretch. There was some weird stuff going on. The defense looks better. The offensive line looks better. Blackman, I think looks better. I think this offense looks more competent. They have more guys, but also tech, I think is improving. I think tech might be better than, than we thought. Yeah. It's like, you can't, you can't blame a weather delay on, you know, on one team because both teams have to deal with it. Right. So you can't blame that, but it, if it seemed like Florida state was a different team after that weather, weather delay, they just didn't seem like they came out. They didn't seem like they were playing with the same, like just intensity. I don't know if that's an excuse or not, but it, um, I just, Georgia Tech definitely looked good. And I'll, I got a hot take for you right here. And this is a, this is a hot take before, before week one. The, the next team to win the ACC that's not named Clemson is going to be Georgia Tech. Oh, no. What? Oh, no. So I know, obviously, the, the, the logical pick is a team from the Coastal that can just, you know, maybe upset Clemson in the ACC I championship. I the logical pick is Miami. But Clemson won in the ACC at least the next five five years, you know, maybe maybe even longer. It's hard to say. But I'm a like believer in Paul Johnson. I mean, DJ UAE, whatever, um, <laughs> he's going to be great. But, like, Dabo could take the Washington job next year. Like, I don't know. They could get put on probation. I, I, I really don't know. Because remember, he said he you was going to quit if they start paying the players. So maybe he... He did say that. He did say that. <laughs> so if they pass that in the next year, well, guess what? Dabo might be gone and then this whole thing is over so i don't know I, i'm not going to well, predict caveat, that far the caveat of my hot take is that i'm basically penciling in clemson for like a next at least I mean, next good four bet. Four. they've been the best program in the last 10 years but they I literally think, the yeah, winningest program in the last 10 years georgia tech is just doing what i've said they should do for years and they're repping atlanta you know the 404 all this it's like atlanta is like their biggest recruiting pitch in my eyes like if i'm an 18 year old like football player i would love to live in atlanta you know that would just be an awesome experience playing football living in a big city like that and everyone got a counter to that atlanta thing which is they still have to go to school at georgia tech and go to a math engineering school that's true but i mean you know all these schools have have classes for the players to take tech is different tech schools like that i'm telling you there's no way around it there's no but look at them before Paul Johnson got there. I mean, they got big time recruits. They at least they did not get big time recruits with Paul Johnson. No, I'm saying before the Paul Johnson uh, era, before that took him back to the to the Stone Age. You know, <laughs> like they they would get you know the top twenty players in the state of Georgia. They would get a a couple here and there. You know what I mean? They won a national championship in 1990. It's like they're not. It's not they're they're not ancient history for them being good. You know, the early 2000s, like they beat where well, they beat Georgia like three straight years, like late 90s, 2000s. And they were a respectable program. And then it's like all of a sudden Paul Johnson gets there and starts running the triple option. And then you hear all these academic excuses like, oh, you know, it's all about the academics. It's like, well, Stanford had a good football team. Like, you know what I mean? Northwestern's had years where they're good. Not that they've had any sort of sustained success, but I, I feel like Georgia Tech I don't, I don't, I don't buy the academic aspect aspect of it. Just the the recruiting pitch of being in Atlanta, staying in the home state of Georgia. There's so much talent in the state of Georgia. Like honestly, South Carolina under Steve Spurrier, they they basically built their program on that second, third tier of talent from the from Georgia. The guys that didn't have offers from Georgia and kind of played out the chip on their shoulder. Like there's so much talent to go around the state of Georgia. If if Georgia Tech can start getting, you know, the 20th to 30th best players in the state consistently, you know, just getting 10 or 15 top 50 players coming out of the state of Georgia, like those are those are big time prospects. So I uh, I'm, I'm a believer in Georgia Tech, not not necessarily this year, not necessarily next year, but I'm a, I'm a believer in what Jeff Collins is building. I can I can believe what he and he's what he's building, but I just think there are a lot of programs that are ahead of him and they're still going to go like two and two and eight, three and nine this or three and seven this year. Like the schedule is still, they still have one of the more brutal pulverizing schedules in college football. Like I think people were way too optimistic about North Carolina coming into this year. Sam Howell looks good and they took care of Syracuse as they should. Um, did you have any thoughts on that game? 
Yeah, I, I um I, I watched a little bit of that, but yeah, North Carolina once they started pulling away, you know, I saw saw what else was on, but um Sam Howe was definitely a, a stud, but and so a lot of people that's a lot of people's uh, opinion. If someone not named Clemson wins the ACC, it's gonna be North Carolina with how Mac Brown's recruiting and everything, but I Sam Howe he's only gonna be here for you know this year and next year. They're not they're not beating Clemson. I mean, he's most likely a three and done guy, I would think at this point. But I just I, I don't see it. Mac Brown in five years, what is he going to be? Seventy five years old? Like this guy, he's not going to be around for too much longer, right? I don't know if they have a if he's kind of molding a coach and waiting. I'm not exactly sure what they got going on, but I'm I'm not a believer necessarily like like some people are. But they, yeah, they look good against Syracuse. I think the answer, I, I like. I think Miami is the easiest one if Manny Diaz can get that. Just the recruiting bed, and they looked really good. Um, Derek King. It turns out when you have a competent quarterback, uh, things can change in a hurry in college football. And I think Derek King's gonna be really good for them. And Rhett Lashley is just a. It looks like a home run hire and a huge, huge upgrade over Danny Nose. But they might not even have Rhett Lashley for very long because Southern Miss Jay Hobson quit after week one was just like ah, I'm, I'm i'm good and uh they now have like a 26 year old scotty walden uh running things down there in biloxi mississippi brett Favre's alma mater but um yeah he is considered one of the front runners to uh get that job if that is what he wants because he has not been a head coach yet um i think louisville who also played this weekend and looked really good um they're probably a realistic shot to be the team to be clemson um satterfield i'm a big fan of but I don't think it's either the Virginia schools, Duke, definitely not. Syracuse, no. Wake Forest, no. I just, when I look up at that list, I'm like, Miami's just got the easiest path. And Pitt fans, look, Pitt, you've got a great shot. You should be in the ACC title game this year. Like, Pitt should be good this year. I um, swear, Pitt, you, look, you just look up, you have no idea what happened in the ACC. But they beat Clemson every now and then. They're like the one of those ACC. teams that beats Clemson. They really, and they, you just look up and they're in the ACC championship. And you're like, wow, Pitt? I didn't even realize. I thought they and were like I got three and eight. myself. I got to correct myself, by the way. Georgia Tech is in the Coastal, so they could get to the AC Championship and beat Clemson. I was thinking Clemson and Georgia Tech were in the same division, but so I got to make that clear. Well, you're booted off the pod. Um, <laughs> Iowa State, you were high on Louisiana coming into this game. I was high on Brock Cajun, Purdy and Matt Campbell. Baby. Whew, I thought this would be close. We both thought this was going to be close, but uh, not only was it not close, Louisiana just took care of business on the road. And it was um, it was alarming. Where like if you're an Iowa State fan, you're like, what is happening? This should not be a thing. To be fair, I mean, it was a close game. They they kind of blew it open in the second half. But but yeah, it's. I feel like Brock Purdy. I feel like I wasn't really impressed with how he, you know, how he played. Uh, the. Louisiana struggled to move the ball too, really, but it was just the big plays, like that big, uh, like eighty-yard touchdown uh, pass they threw, the the punt return to the house, the kick return to the house. It's like if you're gonna upset a big dog like that, like not that Iowa State's a powerhouse or anything, but one of the Power Five schools, you're gonna need to have those big plays and and get turnovers and everything, and that's exactly what they did. Big win for Billy Napier, future SEC coach Billy Napier. Um, great for his, great for his brand. Um, just very embarrassing weekend for the big 12 as a whole. I mean, West Virginia took care of business, but, uh, outside of that, Kansas losing at home, Iowa state losing Texas, not looking all that great. It's really just, you're not going to believe this, Matt. Um, Oklahoma looks like they have another quarterback. Yeah. There's a shocker. <laughs> I watched every throw from Rattler. Um, this weekend, Spencer Rattler is going to be a star. He's going to win the Heisman. Like that, not this year, but he's going to win the Heisman. Like that dude is um, legit. And uh, Lincoln Riley has has another superstar. Like that is uh, absolutely happening. Yeah, I mean the Big Twelve is a three team league this year. Really, you know, it's, it's I I didn't really I kind of stru- uh, hesitate to put Texas in there, but you know it's it's going to come down to Oklahoma, Texas, and Oklahoma State. It's the rest of this conference is just. Ugh, I'm not sure about it. Like, should uh, should should the Sun Belt replace the Big Twelve as as one of the Power Five schools after this weekend? Like, I don't even know. They went three and zero against the Big Twelve. Like, that's <laughs> that's ridiculous. And then Texas Tech 
Texas Tech almost lost to Houston Baptist. I had to look up Houston Baptist <laughs> after that. I was like, Houston Baptist? I've never heard of that. By the way, they went 5-7 and seven in the Southland Conference last year. Houston Baptist did. Finished 10th out of 11th te- out of 11 teams in the Southland Conference, and they lost 35-33 to, to Texas Tech. So the Big 12 has seen better days. Not a great weekend for Big 12 uh, truthers, um, I would say. But then there's like the indictment on the Big 12. I'm like, this doesn't make Oklahoma any less a juggernaut. Like, it doesn't really matter what the rest of the Big 12, when they step on the rake and hit themselves in the face. Like, that doesn't really affect Oklahoma. That's they're, true. They're I mean, fine regardless. They'll they'll beat whatever. They'll go 10-0, whatever. It doesn't matter. That does not affect. This is why the strength of schedule stuff has always bothered me. Well, I mean, it does matter a little because it doesn't. Oklahoma does. It doesn't matter. They're going to be a juggernaut judging, regardless. But when you got an SEC team that had to play, you know, five ranked teams on their schedule or four ranked teams on their schedule, and Oklahoma's over here beats one ranked team twice and gets to the playoff, it's like it. It just it uh it's got to frustrate you as a as a fan of another conference, you know, because. It's same with Clemson. You know, it it doesn't necessarily say that they're not good enough because Clemson has beaten up on their garbage schedule for a couple years in a row now, but they're still as good as anyone in college football. So it, it, it's not fair Oklahoma uh, judge them based on that every year, but it's it's after a while, it's like, okay, yeah, but you're better than everyone in the Big 12, but you get to the playoff and you lose, you know? And the Georgia game was obviously close, but other than that, all the other uh, first round playoffs, they've they've pretty much just gotten blown out. So it's not fair to judge to use twenty sixteen and twenty eighteen when you're judging the the twenty twenty Oklahoma team. But though those kind of things, I feel like definitely get into people's heads. Yeah, I I don't know. I, that is a conversation for another day. But the <laughs> last thing we get into before this week's picks. Um, the Big Ten's coming back, it looks like. Uh, did you see the Nebraska president getting caught in the hot mic this afternoon? I did. Just all-time boomer stuff right there. <laughs> that's um, that's huge news. I, I wonder if the Big Ten was just kind of pissed off at this guy. Like, this guy just broke the news. You know what? We're not even going to stay. We're going to wait another day. Yeah. Fuck this guy. <laughs> It's like, what are you doing? Just get it over with. Like, we know that they've been practicing and preparing and telling players that they're coming back the 17th. We know that. Just just end the charade. So do you have any problem with, you know, if it's a if it's a close debate on who gets in the playoff at the end of the year that an SEC or ACC or Big 12 team playing 10 games as opposed to an eight game Big 10 schedule? Uh, no, because guess what? If you think your one loss or two loss, ten game schedule team in the ACC or SEC is better than a eight and Ohio State, you are uh, unfortunately wrong, and uh, I will not hear of it. Yeah, Ohio State. I mean, definitely coming. Everyone's opting out, which is a little concerning for Ohio State. But guess what? When you're Ohio State and have recruited at top three level since Ryan Day has come in and the last couple of years of Urban Meyer's tenure there. Guess what? They're going to be fine. That That's the great thing about recruiting a bunch of five stars and four stars and three stars is that there are other ones behind them to step in. A little bit younger, a little bit more inexperienced, but uh, they'll be all right. Ohio State will be okay. Ohio State was my pick to win well, the national it, championship this year before everything happened. Well, I mean, it really comes down to Justin Fields, though. If Justin Fields chose to opt out... There's th- no way. That's going to change everything. a leader. But yeah, he can't, right? Well, I mean, Sean Wade, though, his dad was... He's a corner. It doesn't matter. When you're the quarterback, like if Trevor Lawrence opted out at this point, can you imagine? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, it's not fair to those guys, but you look like a quitter with a a quarterback. But in every other position, we're like, we understand. But when it's the quarterback, like Jamie Newman, Georgia fans are like, what the hell? But anyone else, you would have been like, hi, I understand. yeah, well, and Jamie Newman was also weird because it's like, no, you haven't actually become a first rounder yet. We yeah. were just anticipating you becoming a first rounder. And he was like, you know what? Everyone's <laughs> so high on me this year. I'm pretty much a first round pick. I should probably just sit out. What do I have to prove? But Are you uh, one just of the Georgia fans talking themselves into Dewan Mathis now. This is really sad. The fact that Georgia fans are now like, what if he's just been the best all along? 
Well, I mean, I, I actually heard. Uh, oh, don't do this. Was it? One of the uh, commentators. It was Mark Sanchez and somebody on ABC talking about Jamie Newman transferring, mm-hmm. and they were both saying how it was it was very weird, you know, just the timing of him transferring. And they, you know, people have speculated that he got beat out, and that's why he said, "I don't even know. I'm not. I feel like seeing what he did at Wake Forest last year, I thought he could have been a good quarterback for Georgia. I imagine Georgia's supporting cast is a whole lot better than Wake Forest supporting cast, but." I, so I'm not going to get up and say, like, oh, Dwan Mathis was better all along. Maybe he was, but I feel like you just sound kind of ignorant saying something like that because that's what every fan always says. Every recruit chooses someone's school. Oh, they paid him or we didn't want him. You know, he didn't want to compete at our school. He went there for playing time. You know, so I'm not going to come up with some Homer, super Homer uh, opinion. But who knows? Dwan Mathis, he was committed to Ohio State big time, like top 100 uh, ranked recruit coming out of high school athletic like six five two two ten two fifteen so i don't know i would like i just i like the uh just what a dual threat quarterback brings you know just a quarterback being able to make some plays with his legs you know he turns a what would be an incompletion just a a dead play into maybe a five six yard gain you know it's like so I don't know if Dwan Mathis is a is a star by any means, but I think Georgia's strength is clearly the defense, and maybe the maybe Dwan Mathis can be can be good enough for Georgia to get where they want want to go. I don't know. Only time will tell. There. I gotta say, I think I have to at least root for him, just because it's not often that a quarterback with my size and frame gets to be the starting quarterback of a big time Power Five program. Size and frame. I I believe I said six five, two hundred and fifteen <laughs> pounds. I, I, Where's there, the lie? Is there something you want to tell me? Where's the lie? We stood next to each other in the halls at North Georgia. You know. <laughs> That's the first thing everyone notices. Your uh, your your stature. My uh... the elephant in the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's uh, I think that's fair. I'm glad you're at least uh, being honest about our college experience together. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if Dwan Mathis, I'm in, I'm in team Dwan Mathis. It sounds like he's going to be the guy that uh, that wins the job. But well, it's because like no. JT still isn't even cleared. Yeah, exactly. There's weird stuff going on there too. Apparently, this scrimmage this weekend, uh, Dwan Mathis took all the first uh, string reps. So because there's literally no one else. <laughs> yeah pretty much hey carson beck he's a big time he was a big time uh, recruit as well true freshman stetson They're bennett not doing that yeah stetson bennett they uh hype up as the greatest scout team quarterback ever good god um no i'm I, people do they wait, literally hold do, on I, uh, credit him they really do credit him for like helping prepare them for baker mayfield that was a real thing that player said but this is no, actually a thing in I, professional wrestling uh, no disrespect. I don't. I don't want to see Setson Bennett starting a quarterback for Georgia. I don't think you have to be disrespectful to say that. Anyone who says that, I mean, I want that. I'm, obviously, I don't want to be disrespectful to Stetson Bennett. You know, why he sucks as a college podcast. quarterback. He's a great <laughs> high school quarterback. He just sucks at the college level. I mean, we don't know that. He's oh, never. Uh, no, no, I'm sure he'd be fine play. at USF. I'm sure he could go be the next uh, Blake Barnett at South Florida or something. But um, maybe at Arizona State for a year. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he's a. Uh, sure he's not a guy. Speaking of not the guy, um, how are you feeling about my man Gunner out there in Raven County running all over Brock Vandegrift? Dude, That's Brock Vandegrift's team looked <laughs> whack. Did you watch it? Yeah, man. Brock Vandegrift's team, Prince Avenue Christian, they look they look whack. All right, I don't. I know it's. I know it's a uh, single A private school i i uh, i don't know what i was expecting but i mean they both look like good players you know raven county i know that's a small school too but i uh i'm, I'm happy i'm happy the one georgia got that with, with bvg as the kids say it uh it was interesting but gunner is a uh he's a cocky dude and i love he his showbunning like i'm a big gunner guy I didn't know about that. That was a uh, that was kind of disrespectful the way he was like <laughs> talking shit and everything. I was like, okay. He turned around and danced to the end zone. Yeah, he seems like a must champ guy. You you've seen those highlights of must champ at Georgia, right? Getting picks, doing little shimmies and stuff. Like I have not. Now I got to go back. Yeah, to dude, must champ. He uh he played with a flair as well. 
He's a safety. I like it. Um, huh. But yeah, there you go. Brock Vandergriff outshined in uh, this big week. Um, hey, Brock Vandergriff played. He, he played quite all right. Teach the room. Um, sounds like a cop out. Are you ready to do <laughs> our games this week? Yes, sir. Is this week two or week three? Because it says week two on here, but is it is it week three? It's the second week of the the pick'em. I think okay. some people are saying week three. I guess it's technically the third week of college football, but I mean, who did, who even played that first week? I wow! I Disrespect to Navy and uh, wait, who, you don't even you know. yes. Uh, mad uh, disrespect there to the Cougars. Um, first up, the defending national champions, the Louisiana Raging Cajuns of Week Two, on the road at Georgia State. They'll be playing at e- on ESPN Two at twelve o'clock. Georgia State is against seventeen points here. Vegas loves the Raging Cajuns after a big one. Um, do we know if Georgia State's quarterback is back for this game? You know, I do not know if Georgia State's quarterback is back for this game. Because he had that scary myocarditis um, issue, and it looked like he wasn't going to play at all this year. And then he got cleared recently. I just don't know if that means he's going to actually play soon or not. But he's like the biggest quarterback get that they've gotten in a long time, the South Carolina kid. Um, either way, give me Rage and Cajun Mania. Give me all the Rage and Cajun stuff. Okay, you know, uh, you know, I was high on the on the raging Cajuns after last week, you know, but seventeen seems like a uh, a lot of points. I'm uh, Iowa State by last week on the road. It was it was a close game. There was there was a kick a kick return and a punt return in the same game. You know, that's fourteen points. That's a uh, it changes things a little bit. But obviously, Iowa State's better than Georgia State. Well, we assume. I was gonna say, are we sure? <laughs> yeah you know hey the uh i'm a believer in the thurs all right that's a that's what they call themselves down here i don't know if you're aware of that they call them the thurs do they yes i was not aware of this until uh what? the college football uh like the fan fest they do down by the college football hall of fame it's like a whole parade down there by marietta street and everything and they they had a whole cheerleading crew, and they they called them the Thurs. Let's go Thurs! And I was like, Are they calling them the Thurs right now? I've never. Do you need it? Do you need to shorten Panthers? I don't know, but apparently they go by the Thurs. Well, but uh, so not on this podcast. So fuck that. <laughs> I don't know what the hell that means. Uh, and someone actually told me is a thing. I guess at Georgia State that like Thursday became like Spirit Day. So it's like. Oh, every day is Thursday, kind of thing, you know, to show your school spirit. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> however lame that uh, that tradition might be, I'm going with Georgia State. I think they'll cover the 17 point spread. Wow, wow, going against your raging Cajuns after betting on them to go big in Ames to turn your back on them just because they came to your hometown. To be fair, I, I still got I still got uh, the Raging Cages winning this game. I think it's just by less than 17 points. That's wild. Way too much faith in the Elliott squad. Um, former Steve Spurrier disciple, Mr. Elliott. Um, I'm not a Georgia State believer. And also, can't forgive him for last year. I think you're just a hater. Yeah, you're the, the wound. The wound is still fresh. Hope they go 0-10. <laughs> hope they go 0 and 10 um but we'll we'll see give me the raging cajuns and the points um do you have a pen and paper near you right now of course all right i need you to jot these down so we can re we can look back next week and we can oh yeah i got i got your results i forgot we should we have started have them yeah results from last week oh yeah man so um i went undefeated against the spread i went three and seven not oh. good <laughs> Six and four overall, but uh, but three and seven versus the spread. Uh, you went four and six versus the spread, but uh, five and five overall. You know, so, consistent. Uh, so that's solid. But um, you know, a lot of a lot of room for improvement. I think in uh, week, we'll call this week two. We got to call it week three because on the podcast when I upload it, it's week three. All right, but fair enough. Week that two in the pick'em. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so you're off to a. Off to an early lead. Hell yes, because I am the college football savant. People come to this podcast for my insight and Matt's humor. 
keep things light, not for his college football acumen, as everybody knows. Um, Pitt at home. This is a wild spread. Like I saw this and I was like, this is, um, this is insanity. There. Yeah. I was, this is insanity. 21 and a half points to Syracuse. Syracuse is not that bad. They're not like just a 21 and a half to pit in that offense. Give me cues in the points. Pitt's going to win, but Syracuse is covering this game. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think uh, 21 and a half seemed like a huge number for a team that was 114th in the country in points per game last year. So uh, same. I think Pitt wins, but not by 21 and a half. So I'll take uh, Syracuse. Boston College on the road. First game, Mr. Heafley uh, from our Ohio State assistant. Now... uh, replacing steve adazio and the what more can you love dudes being dudes in boston college um he is on the road against chase bryce and the fighting blue devils boston college is not favored by four and a half in this game this game will be on espn three at noon this is tough four and a half is basically a toss-up and vegas has no idea i guess i'm going no i I'm going to go Boston College, and they get the upset here. I'm going Boston College. Okay. So you're going Boston College. And I'm just going Sam. Boston College, yeah. Boston College to win it, period. Okay. I'm, I'm, uh, I know Duke uh, – I think Duke – I was impressed by how uh, they gave Notre Dame pretty close game last week. I, uh, I'm taking Duke. Okay. Houston on the road at Baylor. Baylor is favored by three. This will probably be my noon watching um, on Saturday. They are uh, hosting, like I said, Houston and Baylor. Houston just put them in the Big 12 already. Like, what are we doing? Dana Holgerson's down at Houston. Um, postponements early on in the season. Very weird. No Derek King. Um, you and I are both kind of nervous about the Dave Aranda future here at Baylor, but... Baylor still has Brewer. They still have a lot of returning talent. They still have a lot of talent on this offense. Give me Baylor to win and cover. I'm going to have to go ahead and agree with you on that one. I, um, I'm not impressed. Houston was not very good last year without Derek King. I, uh, we weren't liking Baylor last week. To be fair, that was a pretty big spread. They had him over Louisiana Tech. So just three-point favorite over Houston. I'm going Baylor as well. Marshall who beat the living shit out of somebody that I watched the entire game of two weeks ago on a Saturday. Um, they are on CBS Sports Network at 1.30 Eastern time at home against App State. Guess what? I'm tuning into this game. Once uh, Baylor Houston gets out of hand, I'm flipping over. Marshall, App State. App State had to really, really scuffle with the uh, the Charlotte 49ers. Um where that linebacker, whoever it was, was flying around like a madman, uh, getting his team hyped. I don't know what that guy was doing. <laughs> I wish I had that much energy in my life. Like, that couldn't have hyped up anybody else. They're just like, yeah, let's go. Let's look out there, guys. What the fuck is he doing? <laughs> but, um, yeah, um, I, App State did have a close one last week. But uh, as just three and a half points, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take them. Marshall beat Eastern Kentucky 59-0 to zero, uh, in their first game. But, yeah, I'm going to go App State. Yeah, give me App State, and I think they cover. Yeah, give me App State. Um, UCF on the road at Georgia Tech. They are favored by seven and a half. This game will be at 3.30 on ABC. Ooh, can I make my lock of the week? Yeah, put lock at home. UCF and the points. Georgia Tech has all the makings of a, we're actually good now. Like uh, our freshman quarterback, we got our guy. Going to be our home opener. This is great. Things are good. Guess what? UCF has a bunch more talent, and uh, they're better coached, and they are going to uh, score a lot of points, and they are not going to be held to single digits. Gabriel and friends are going to go off, and UCF wins big on the road at Tech. Give me UCF. Lock it in. Josh Heupel. 
your uh, your lock of the week. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go ahead and disagree with you on this one. I was uh, I was I'm drinking the Jeff Sims Kool Aid. I mm. uh, I I don't think they beat UCF. I think I'm still gonna take UCF to win the game, but I think Georgia Tech keeps it close. I think it's gonna be right down to the end. All right, you only have four left for your lock of the week. I didn't I know I had to make a lock of the week. You have to you make a lock the of the week. Of me. Lock of the week every week, sir. Okay, okay, I remember that. Florida, Atlantic, at Georgia Southern, Willie Taggart's debut. Did he have a game yet? Did FAU play yet? I don't even know. No, this is this is the debut. That's what I thought. Um, at Georgia Southern, Georgia Southern is not favored at home for this kickoff. Uh, on ESPN at 3.30. Like, Georgia Southern's getting a 3.30 ESPN game. How crazy is that? <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> we are, uh, we're really stretching for content uh, these days um, in college football. Are you but, suggesting that Florida Atlantic and Georgia Southern is not a marquee national matchup? I would not be putting them on uh, the 3.30 broadcast on my ESPN channel if I were uh, a, a, a director of content. No. <laughs> I, yeah I can't for it. sure but i'm sure it'll be a good game give me give me florida atlantic and the points god i'm betting on willie taggart <laughs> i thought the same thing but with georgia southern beat campbell 27 to 26 last Not week that, that was not a great showing. I'm going. I'm going Florida Atlantic and the points as well. Troy at Middle Tennessee, four o'clock. <sighs> Give me Troy and the points. Don't feel good. Obviously, do you know who Troy's head coach is right now? It's not Neil Brown. I'm not gonna lie. I do not. I'll give you a hint. He was a offensive coordinator in an SEC Power Five school very recently. Offensive coordinator to SEC school? Ah, shoot! I don't know. You might as well just tell me. Auburn legend Chip Lindsey. Wow. Okay. I don't like that. Chip Lindsey was not great. Um. Give me Troy, but I don't feel great about it at all. Yeah, I um I don't feel great about this pick either, but um I gotta go with the Blue Raiders. I got a soft oh, no. spot for Murfreesboro, Tennessee. So um you know, give me my the neck Blue of the woods. What's that? My neck of the woods. It's like an hour out, I think. Yeah. North Carolina we used to, they used to go there for uh, basketball team camp for years. So I've been to been to that campus for uh for years so i got a soft spot for the blue raiders that's the the best rationale i have for picking them i mean they've been they've been decent in recent years but they went four and eight last year i'm uh i'm rolling the dice going with it north texas at home seth luttrell kind of fallen off in recent years i liked him a lot and what he was doing early on at north texas that's a really tough job um the main green at home against smu and the fighting sunny dykes at six o'clock on cbs sports SMU is favored by 14. What do you have? Well, if it was a fist fight, I'm going uh, Seth Luttrell all day. But um, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm taking SMU on in this one. They lost their leading receiver and their leading rusher from last year, but they still got Shane Bouchel and the former the Texas great Shane Bouchel. How is he still in college? <laughs> I don't even know. But uh, they had like over 500 yards in their first game, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take SMU and the points. I agree. Um, last one. You don't have a lock of the week yet. Hold on, this isn't the last one. Oh no, we have two more. Excuse me. Yeah, we're yeah. waiting for them. We're waiting for the uh, game of the week. Excuse my me. My game. My game of the week is my lock of the week. Oh, you're out of your mind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> NC State at home against the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Wake Forest, obviously not looking great early on. They were in prime time against Clemson, and it went about as well as expected. This will be at 8 o'clock on the ACC Network. <sighs> NC State, obviously not favored in this game by one and a half, or favored in this game by one and a half. NC State was bad last year. 
And I'm, I go back and forth on the Dave Dorn experience where I'm like, oh, he's going to be good. And like, they're a budding huge program. Like Raleigh is actually a sneaky, like sleepy giant where they could be a lot bigger than they are, but they're not. And I don't really know why. And I didn't like their quarterback play last year. Give me NC State. I think I'm a little bit of an NC State believer this year. And I think I'm a little bit of a Dave Clawson non-believer. So give me I, NC State. I feel like you said all the reasons for why you shouldn't pick NC State. <laughs> and you picked NC State. But yeah, that's what I was thinking. They took a huge step back last year. Um, Devin Leary is the is the starter now. He started the last six games. And, you know, I wasn't impressed. Obviously, Wake Forest... It's going to have a new has a new quarterback and everything, but I'm not going to use Clemson as the barometer for judging all the other teams in the ACC. I feel like we've seen I feel like we saw that we've seen that game that we saw on Saturday night like 30 times, like Clemson just destroying one of their ACC uh, opponents by and just wasn't even competitive by halftime. So I'm going to go Wake Forest in this one. Not a fan of NC State right now. Last game, the game of the week, and apparently your lock of the week as a madman. Miami on the road at Louisville. Louisville. Um, Louisville. Louisville. 7.30 ES, or excuse me, 7.30 ABC. <sighs> Louisville favored by two and a half. 17th versus the 18th ranked team in the country. I've gone back on back and forth on this quite often and i want you to go first because i'm still thinking about it you don't have to think about it man scott satterfield this is the lock of the week oh I God. oh i think you're gonna go the other way and join me oh yeah i was very impressed by uh by malik cunningham last week they didn't destroy western kentucky western kentucky is a respectable uh mid-major if we use that term for college football but um I'm uh, I'm definitely going at that home that home atmosphere. Is it Papa John Stadium? Did they change that? I think they may have changed the uh, the name of the stadium. But I don't think it's Papa John's anymore. No, I don't think it is. They, they hit a they hit a rough patch. But uh, <laughs> Papa John hit a rough patch. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I'm going Louisville. Give me the two and a half. Give me. I I, I really think I'm a Miami believer. I, I think I I really believe in Derek King. I believe that he is the better quarterback in this matchup. I think Manny Diaz is – I wish they had Rousseau in this game off the edge. I really wish he was still playing and did not opt out the first-round pick for them on the edge. But I think Miami is legit, and this is probably going to come back to bite me. My, the U is back, as people have been saying for 17 years. Um don't be that guy. I think people are too far in on Louisville and too low on Miami right now. So give me Miami outright. Taking the Canes. Okay, I see ya. I like I like Miami. I like this team. I like what Rhett Lashley is doing. I don't know. I think they're good. To be fair, I like Miami too. But two and a half points, it's essentially a pick em. I think I just think Louisville is going to win this week. Louisville. So how many oh, do we yeah. differ on? So, sorry, Louisville. Louisville. How many do we differ on? So we uh, we differ on on that one. Miami, Louisville, Louisville, um, Georgia State, Raging Cajuns. We differ on. We uh, Boston College, Duke. We differ on. Central Florida, Georgia Tech, and NC State, Wake Forest, and uh, and Troy, Middle Tennessee. So we got uh, we got a few disagreements this week. I like it. I like it. Um, I got to keep this streak. I might be able to blow this lead open after two weeks. Ha. Huh. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It's a long season. We just, just got to take one week at a time. Well, that's all I've got, Matt Green. Do you have anything you would like to add before we get out of here tonight? That's all I got, sir. Just excited for another week of college football. I, um, I'm not going to lie. Uh, if the Big Ten comes back, be a little salty. I feel like Georgia's Why? chance of winning a national championship just decreased a little bit. You know, you were never going to win a national championship. I mean, you never know. You never uh, know what could happen. Okay. But I'm saying, I think all the contenders in the country just got a little bit sad. 
that the Big Ten is going to come back because I think we all know Ohio State, they're they're loaded. I mean, assuming they don't have too many of these opt-outs, they're loaded. And so they're, I think they instantly become the favorite to win the national championship if the uh, if the Big Ten's playing football, which it sounds like they're going to. They just didn't want the Nebraska dude to break the news like that. <laughs> um, last thing before we go, some housekeeping. Um next tuesday will be our last tuesday only show so after that the sec is back tennessee will be on the road at south carolina on the 26th georgia i think has a football game but who cares um (laughs) we'll be doing uh podcasts every sunday and thursday sunday recap show and then thursday our predictions for the week um it's gonna be fun and then also matt wyatt former Mississippi State quarterback, now radio host for ESPN in Mississippi, will be doing film study with us on Thursdays for that Thursday show from that week before. I'm really excited about that. I appreciate Matt doing that for us this fall. Um, but yeah, good things on the horizon with the the full ride on the Chase Thomas podcast. Big time, man. Yeah, Luis Gonzalez was on the pod today, and that will go up on Saturday. Chris Saban, Impact Wrestling Tag Team Champion, will be going up Thursday. You know, just making moves. Hey, I see, man. Make some moves. Didn't you, didn't you have Tino Martinez, too? Yeah. Big time. Big yeah. time on the oh, Chase Thomas oh, Podcast. one World Series. Go check out ChaseThomasPodcast.com if you have not already. Leave us a what kind of rating, Matt Green? Uh, probably like 10 stars. Well, you can't do 10, but I appreciate the effort. You can do five stars is the max. I did 10. Did you, you know, do 10? I did 10. You just did yeah, two so accounts? Maybe like some people like get five stars, but I, I'm difference between uh, ordinary and extraordinary. It's that little bit extra. <laughs> you feel good about that? I do. I do feel good about that. All right. Matt Green, I appreciate the time as always. We will be back next Tuesday. Matt. Talk to you soon. Pleasure as always. This is Ben Ingram, radio voice of the Atlanta Braves, and I'm here to tell you that you've reached the end of today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. As a friend of the podcast, I'd like to say thank you for listening to today's episode and hope you return for the next one. To show your support for the program, tell a friend or coworker or even a family member about the program. And if you're an Apple Podcast listener, leave the show a rating and a review. Goes a long way. That'll do it for me. But don't forget to listen to myself and the rest of the team at 680 The Fan and the Braves Radio Network this season. Go Braves! Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.